The following program is presented by the National Committee on United States-China Relations, www.ncuscr.org. Good afternoon. This is Steve Orleans, President of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations, and I'm joined by a, a good friend, Ann Lee, who has just, or recently, not just, completed a book or an essay, we could call it, called Will China's Economy Collapse? Why'd you do it? The publisher asked me to. <laughs> they approached me back in, I guess it was like late 2015 or early 2016, when uh, there was lots of talk in the media about China's economy possibly falling apart because the reserves were falling very quickly. There was people thought there was lots of capital flight, and so uh, people were worried that. Uh, China wasn't going to keep it together, and so they approached me and asked me to write a book uh, weighing in on this very question. <laughs> and now, in 2018, uh, I guess it's not as prominent. It's not, you know, something that everyone's talking about now. People are talking about the latest <laughs> stock market roiling in the uh, U.S. financial markets as well as everywhere else. Um, but I suppose. This question of China's economy, uh, you know, will be a perennial one, given that the government has, you know, maybe some unconventional approaches uh, to how they deal with their economy versus what we're used to in the West. And and you chose it. Will China's economy collapse? Is that's really not the question, though. It's the question is, will we see a slowdown? Will it grow faster? Do you, do you really think there's a a serious chance of a of an economic collapse? Which would mean, I think, collapse. You have to define it, but um, recession, negative growth, right? Something where uh, systems fall apart. You have skyrocketing crime rates. Like basically, civil society would fall apart、right. if you have a economic collapse.、Uh, and I basically say in my book that I think that likelihood is highly doubtful unless you really have an A black swan event,、uh, and I would put a U.S.-China military confrontation in that category、uh, as something that would be a real shock to the system. But you know, if China collapses, I argue that probably the world collapses, given they are so integrated right now、uh, to the world economy. So, and you lay out the black swans of events, the possibilities. Can you tell tell the listener what they are? Well, I, I, I basically had talked about, you know, all the issues that people say would cause a collapse of China, right? So I delve into the debt issue,、uh, which people still talk about because China's debt continues to grow.、Uh, whether that is so unsustainable that、uh, they can't handle at some point,、uh, the shrinking、uh, labor pool that China faces, you know, how do they deal with their pensions when? Uh, you know, even after they lift the one-child policy, their population continues to shrink that way. So,、um, I, I talk about、uh, even you know economic tensions, trade tensions with the U.S.、Uh, you know, will that collapse the economy if you know you have a trade war? And and I so I kind of walk people back to you know. 
historical examples of how China kind of pushed through uh, these tougher times uh, and even uh, draw on more recent examples of like what Russia did. Uh, you know, they had, you know, various sanctions placed on them. Uh, and yes, their economy slowed down quite a bit and delved into negative territory, but they've since rebounded um, and, you know, is doing quite well. And given that China is a much larger economy and uh, much more diverse I, I, and more robust, I would say, than the Russian economy, um, it's hard to imagine all those issues could derail mm -hmm. China. You think there's what I call upside surprise potential in China's economy? I mean, it's growing roughly 7% now. You think that's basically the best it can do for the next five years, let's say? Is there something that could happen that could surprise us on the positive side? Honestly, the, the only way I could see a surprising on the positive side would be if they came up with some kind of breakthrough innovation. The same way that the U.S. came up with the Internet, that really, I would call it a taproot innovation. It's not you know, incremental mm -hmm. based on existing things. It's a revolutionary way of communication. And so if China were to come up with something of that equivalence, um, then I could see it breaking out. Mm -hmm. um, but then you could see a breakout all over the world mm -hmm. in that do sense. You, do you see anything down there? You know, they're obviously pouring incredible amounts of money into AI, into big data, much more than the United States is. Do you see any possibilities for breakthroughs there? Uh, potentially. I know that they really care about energy, for instance. Right. Uh, they really don't want to be reliant on carbon, uh, you know, into uh, the long term. And so, you know, whether they're pouring it, uh, you know, I, I think for them, the holy grail would be, you know, storage for uh, the alternative energy supplies, right? So if you can have battery storage of solar and wind, and that would completely change uh, economics forever because then you can actually have cheap energy or basically free energy uh, to do hydroponic farming. And, um, and so you wouldn't need all this farmland that is polluted. You can just grow it right in the cities that cuts transportation time. It's uh, much cleaner and healthier food. I mean, it, it, you know, you could have uh, desalination that wouldn't cost nearly as much as it does mm -hmm. now. So that would be a huge game changer. And certainly, uh, you know, engineers and scientists have been pouring billions of dollars into this area for years now and have not been able to crack that nut. Mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. Yeah. And given all the attention that's being placed on this area, you know, I would expect that they will eventually get there. And so... Though so much of that is government rather than private. You know, if you look at our... I always think of the, the, the internet was one revolution, but shale oil in the United States is another, where it was... It's our private companies. It well, the internet was our, more government-backed. It, so, it was in the very beginning. And then right. it was the private companies that the private companies took it on analogy yeah but I think that since the Chinese government had publicly said they want to 
become more market oriented and let market forces influence the future more, I think that they will put in the initial R&D for some of these areas that private companies are reluctant to invest in because it's so risky. Uh, And once something, the proof of concept is there, then they will probably allow the private companies to go in and try to figure out how to uh, make it more a viable commercial product. Do you you worry they're cutting themselves off too much? The Chinese are? Cutting themselves off from what? From global innovation that, (coughs) you know, we see VPNs are limited. The ability to research is now limited. (coughs) So is there a risk that that creates problems in the economy? Um, I think that it may in the margins, but from what I understand, there is actually a lot of scientific collaboration that they work with many American companies, for instance, on joint R&D, whether it's in biotech or in environmental areas. So I don't actually think that it's so problematic. I think those VPNs are designed to screen out problematic words, you know, whether it's the Tiananmen Square. No, no, the, the world, VPN you know. would be just the ability to go around the the wall. Oh, right. So, so, and if you can't go around the wall, then you do get the screenings that restrict access to certain things. But you're, you're right. The traditional sciences are not generally restricted. It's the social sciences. Right, are. right. So, uh, so from that standpoint, I think that they're not cutting them off. I mean, I do actually worry that if they try to cut off the social sciences too much, it could retard other areas because you need to actually have an evolving government to keep up with technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, if you don't have, you know, humanities become more enlightened as technology shoots way ahead, then you also have problems. Right. So... Um, do you think corruption is somehow a uh, an inchoate black swan that that the I always worry that corruption could create something which really falls down and creates just the kind of collapse that you talk about in the book. Uh I think that they have had so much corruption in the past and it's cleaned up so much Relatively speaking, that that if they if corruption didn't take them down before, I don't know why it would take them down now. So um, so I don't know if that would be really the black swan that's so devastating, especially for an economy of that size. Uh, so you know, people talk about say you know HNA, you know, having probably corruption and in in addition to all the debt they have, you know, could that be the black swan like? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah. I was thinking more in terms of like you have a huge petrochemical plant or nuclear power plant built and because there's corruption involved in it, money needs to be saved so it's not built to spec. Hmm. So it's not built to spec and there's some event, um, you know, an earthquake or whatever, that it was supposed to be built to spec but it's not so it collapses and creates tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of deaths. Uh, that would be a very unfortunate incident, <laughs> certainly. To say the least. Yes. Um, but that in itself 
I think we'd be isolated. I don't think that it would be a systemic uh, cause to cause an economy mm -hmm. to collapse completely. Uh, you know, for it to collapse, generally people understand it has to be something that travels throughout the entire economy. So what's that? It would be, you know, the finances, uh, the money mm -hmm. uh, situation, or energy, you know, because everyone needs energy. So. And in those two areas, uh, you know, they have their eye on the ball and they're being very careful about how they try to um, approach fixes to the existing problems. And so it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to do anything extreme that would cause it to collapse. Mm -hmm. This discussion just gives you a flavor of what is in Ann Lee's new book, Will China's Economy Collapse? Um, it is available for purchase. But thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Thank you so much, Steve. I really enjoyed it.